0: Okay, 321. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On tonight's show, I have a very special guest, somebody who I'm delighted uh, has taken some time out of his day to talk about a book he wrote back in the day in May. 1991 was its publication date. The title of the book is Angel of Darkness, The True Story of Randy Kraft and the Most Heinous Murder Spree. And the author is Dennis McDougall, who has published a number of other books as well that i Uh, You know, I recently was doing some uh, research. He just published a book on Bob Dylan. Uh, The title of that book is Dylan, the Biography. That was in 2014. But uh, he's also written about Lou Rosserman. That title of that book is The Last Mogul. Uh, Also the story of Robert Blake and Bonnie Lee Blakely. That's Blood Cold. So he has uh, quite a few other books. But uh, like I said, tonight I'm just hoping to uh, talk to him about uh, this uh, Randy Kraft and uh, his book Angel of Darkness. So, Dennis McDougall, are you there?
1: I am here, and do uh-huh. you prefer William or Bill?
0: Whatever's easier. Doesn't matter. Bill's fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've, I've kind of been researching the subject, kind of like what we were talking about the, just in the pre-show conversation. So, But you I not only researched this book, you had a unfortunate contact with the killer himself. So, maybe what we can do is uh, for people who don't know of your background and all of the books, the many books that you've written, please talk a little bit about yourself and how you became interested in the subject of Randy Kraft.
1: Well, I like to help tell uh, people that I'm a recovering journalist. Um, a, uh, I, I was a re- newspaper reporter for uh, close to. 25 years, I guess, before I started writing books. And um, uh, the Randy Kraft book, which was my first, grew uh, out of uh, reporting that I did uh, in Long Beach um, and then later on at the Los Angeles Times um, that, uh, you know, surrounded this strange, not only Randy, Randy Kraft but uh, a a series, actually, a trio of uh, serial killers who plied their craft um, in Southern California throughout the uh, 1970s and into the uh, mid-1980s. I got assigned the story shortly after Kraft was pulled over by a couple of uh, California highway patrolmen with a dead Marine in the seat next to him late one night on the uh, infamous 405 freeway. And um, uh, the story began to unravel, and um, my editors um, decided that uh, it needed follow-up. And the follow-up turned into uh, 10 years of uh, investigation and covering a... A marathon trial in Orange County, and um, traveled to several different states where uh, where Kraft uh, uh, did his killings. And so uh, that's kind of how I got into it. It was an intriguing story, obviously, uh, and uh, I followed it for so long. I figured that uh, why not give it a shot as, as, as a, uh, a book side show. A
0: book. And, I mean, when they first pulled him over in, I think, off the 4-5, like you said, did they know the enormity of his criminal activities? Oh, no. So, right. Yeah, he, was
1: just, he, he was weaving down the highway, and his was uh, Toyota, uh, Toyota Celica at uh, 2 o'clock in the morning, and they thought they had just another, uh, you know, uh, another late-night drunk. And uh, they pulled him over and saw that he had uh, a passenger uh, in, in the seat next to him and um, uh, got him out of the car, did a uh, roadside sobriety test, concluded that he was legally uh, drunk. And then when they went to wake up the uh, passenger and say, we are going to have to find another way home because the... the the guy who's driving the car is under arrest, Uh, they discovered that he had his hands down to his knees and that uh, he'd been uh, ligatured uh, and uh, garroted uh, and that he was barely alive. So they took him to the nearest ER and um, within the hour, he died. And that was the beginning.
0: That was really how it started. and So it's kind of unraveled that Kraft was much more active than just being around uh, Orange County in that area, correct?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you know, he started out, I suppose, the way that all serial killers do, um, or most of them, anyway. Um, he, you know, it, it appears that he experimented when uh, he was in high school a little bit and advanced a bit more uh, when he was in college. Uh, got his girlfriend uh, loaded on uh, pharmaceutical-laced um, beer and um, tried to see how long she would be out and uh, what he could get away with while she was uh, passed out. And, uh, you know, there were, at least to our knowledge, no, no deaths. Uh, at that point, he went into the air force, uh, uh, admitted to being uh, homosexual, which back in those days was considered uh, grounds for um, expulsion. So he was uh, tossed out of the air force, and um, he he had a propensity, um, even in the early days, for uh, Men in
0: uniforms. So he liked. The, can you speak that. a little closer to the mic, please? Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Just it just sounds a little yeah, muddled,
1: a little fuzzy. Um yeah. He um, you know, he liked Marines, so he would uh, troll the uh, Marine bases in Southern California, of which are there are several and uh, pick up Marines and uh, offer them a beer and uh, uh, lace the beer beforehand, with, usually with Valium or, uh, or something stronger. And, uh, and then when they passed out, um, he had his way with them, uh, killed them, and tossed them by the side of the road. He did that for 13 years that we know of. Uh, you know, uh, the thing about Randy is that uh, even after all of these years and all of the mountains of evidence that have um, been presented against him and uh, conviction uh, on, I believe it was 12 or 14 of those murders, um, he maintains his innocence to this day, and he's confessed to nothing. So we're going purely on guesswork. I mean, down to the present day. I got a call not uh three months ago from a fellow who's uh doing a follow up on the Golden State killer uh in California and uh he was telling me that that there may be some crossover in uh that killer's um, victims and and uh confusion as to um uh, who these bodies, these unidentified bodies especially, belong to. So, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's a, it's, it was supposedly came to an end 30 years ago, but, you know, these things never come to an end.
0: And he's still alive. Kraft is still at uh, San Quentin waiting, I think, what, is he on his last appeal or he's waiting to be put to death, correct?
1: Well, Yeah. But you know, I mean, well, they
0: can uh, in California, the right?
1: Is, the, the chances of his ever, of, you know, being put to death are slim or none. He's um, managed to duck it thus far, uh, and now Gavin Newsom is uh, governor, and uh, he's avowed uh, that he's going to see the death penalty um, put to death itself. <laughs> I right. there's no. There's uh, no popularity in terms of of the death penalty uh, in California, so uh,
0: Crass probably
1: going to live out his final years on death row.
0: Did did they have a final tally count of how many people they think he murdered?
1: No. The best that we have been able to come up with is the infamous scorecard. You know, his nickname is the scorecard killer because he, uh, there was a coded list found in the trunk of his celica, um, and they, the investigators were able to match several of the names, um, I mean, close to 50 of the names, uh, or the coded names, to actual victims. Uh, but there are 60, 67 entries on that list, so the closest that uh, anyone has been able to come to in terms of uh, figuring out his um, his cali is uh, somewhat, I mean, there's also a belief among uh, several of the investigators that he actually exceeded that uh, number by quite a few. Uh, I've heard, you know, the, the range is somewhere between 67 and 92. Wow.
0: And he kind of had the same MO. He was like a drive. They called him the 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 scorecard killer, but also a freeway killer because he would just drive around and try to pick people up and then dump them off the freeway. Right. Well, you see, that's what really made this
1: uh, made Angel of Darkness uh, a a book length study, as far as I was concerned, because of that very. That, that very fact that uh, you just articulated there. Uh, yes, he was just one of the three that we know of uh, who were killing young men and leaving their bodies on the side of the road during the 1970s and early 80s in Southern California. And the uh, the the key um, uh, common trait of these three killers is that all three of them. Uh, shows uh, males, and more often than not, uh, gay males, as their victims. So um, it it becomes a a period piece because in those days, you know, it seems like uh, ancient history, given the way that uh, we have evolved, but in those days, in the 1970s and into the 1980s, at least, as far as the mass media was concerned, and to some degree with law enforcement, there was no such thing as uh, gay killers. I mean That that's uh, that was just um, uh, something that was sidestepped, and and not uh, with uh, very few exceptions in law enforcement, uh, no one paid much attention. Um, and there was even a um, pejorative that uh, cops used back then. Uh, they referred to uh, gay victims as a misdemeanor murders. Um, wow. There, there were uh, few resources, if any at all, put into um, uh, trying to get to the bottom of these killings. Uh, you know, they knew that they had a, uh, uh, an epidemic. Uh, in their, you know, in uh, along the freeway system in Southern California, but they uh, a did not acknowledge that uh, there were gay killers out there, uh, and b um, when they came across a uh, a young man, uh, especially a military man who
0: might be gay
1: and who uh, wound up dead on the side of the road. They just uh, shrugged it off and said, "Well, you know,
0: they should have known better." Wow, and all those killings too were like in Southern California. Those three killing the freeway killers that were just massive body counts, like incredible amount of people, super dangerous. And those were just the gay killers because there were also other serial killers act, active. It seems like that era was a strange era. A lot of. Uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, this is all, it it, it was all pre-DNA, so uh, you didn't have that tool uh, in your uh, kit box to try to track these people down. Um, The freeway system, uh, there weren't uh, anywhere near as many automobiles or drivers as as there are now, so, you know, you could kill somebody in uh, Costa Mesa and get in the car drive for uh, a, a half an hour maybe uh, an hour uh dump the body and no one would be the wiser you know and because the the body was so far removed from uh the murder site uh and uh jurisdictions were all always at cross purposes with each other right um no one uh, no one knew the difference, and uh, these guys, uh, among others, uh, literally, literally got away with murder for years.
0: Do you think that Kraft was very aware or savvy to keep moving in between jurisdictions, like he knew what he was doing?
1: I think he developed that uh, expert. I mean, I think uh, not at first, um, but I think that. As time went on, and he got um, more and more daring, you know, he graduated from doing uh, one murder at a time to uh, near the inn, he was picking up two hitchhikers and doing them both in. Wow. Uh, he, he um, yeah, I think that he got, he got wise to it. He recognized uh, how little law enforcement cared, uh, number one, and number two, um, he was a really smart guy, and he loved the the game. I, in some respects, I think that Randy Randy enjoyed playing the game of cops and robbers uh, more than than he did uh, getting off uh, on the per- perversity of uh, of having sex with a dead body.
0: So he would kill them before he had sex with them is was that, that a common characteristic?
1: No, not always. Not always. And in fact there are, there is some evidence that he would take um he would take a victim home and uh and keep him in an extra room, keep him uh built up and trussed up and every time that uh you know, he would. The victim would come to. He would um, drug him up again and have his way with him during this, you know, period of time, was you know three or four or five days. Uh, and then when he got tired of the game, uh, he'd uh, he'd kill them and then get rid of the body. Wow.
0: So he was definitely abducting and and. Like whatever, putting him in a dun- did he have a dungeon or do you just had him in a room on chained up or what was do you, do you know any uh, of those details?
1: I I don't know that he had a dungeon. Uh, he uh, it's likely that he used the garage, uh, which uh, he had a detached gr- garage and um, his boyfriend, his last boyfriend. Uh, with whom he lived for I don't know, several years uh, before he was finally caught, um, was never indicted and convinced uh, the cops in their interrogation that uh, that he he had no idea that Randy was doing this, which is hard to believe. Um, you know, you have the uh, examples uh, of the BTK killer, who, um, whose wife uh, had no idea that her husband was uh, the most prolific serial killer in Kansas history. So, uh, it's it's possible that. Um, that his boyfriend didn't know. Do you know his what? First
0: boyfriend. Right. Do you know if, what what the proportion of his victims were gay or were they all gay or was there fifty fifty or do you know some were just random strangers? Do you know what the proportion was?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly what it is, but I do know that I, more of his victims were heterosexual than they were gay. Interesting. Um, he he picked up. You know he. He picked up hitchhikers. Yeah. And um, back then, um, there was, uh, I, I don't know, it's completely, almost completely uh, ended now. I mean, people just don't hitchhike anymore. But back True. then, uh, you know, people, uh, especially young men, um, would go out and hit the road and hitch everywhere. And uh, and Randy took full advantage of that. so the, the, the other two I mean, I should probably point out that the the other two who were uh, plying their trade at the same time as Randy uh, were uh, a guy named Patrick Kearney whose nickname was the trash bag killer. Uh, and then uh, who may still be alive too I'm not sure. Uh, last I checked he was uh, he'd be In his eighties now, I guess. Anyway, um, there was tyranny, and then the uh, the third member of the trio was uh, uh, William Bonin, uh, who uh, uh, was also known. He was known, you know, as the Freeway Killer, and he had like I don't know three or four um, weak brain minions who uh, went out and worked with him as. as his sidekicks. And um, and Bonham, um, of the three, he's the only one who's been executed.
0: Interesting. And, I mean, there was some speculation that Kraft was not alone in some of the murders. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, it's almost uh, for certain that his first um, live-in boyfriend, who passed away from uh, AIDS, before uh, Randy was arrested um, that uh, he was his accomplice because there were several instances where the cops found two sets of footprints and uh, uh, bodies were so heavy that they uh, had to have been uh, handled by uh, more than one person. So um, the supposition was that His uh, first boyfriend was uh, his accomplice. And who knows, he may have had other accomplices. But, you know, I interviewed several people who knew him well, who played uh, bridge with him every week, and went on vacations with him, and uh, parties, and went out swimming, and so on and so forth, and none of them, none of them, had. the vaguest idea they were as shocked as wow. anyone else and that, was,
0: that right. was the same with his family too like certain of his family members didn't believe that he was a serial killer either right
1: oh right and in fact his uh, older sister uh, she was a retired school teacher i guess by the time that randy was uh, busted but she uh She's been, or she was, I don't know if she's still with us or not, but she was his uh, standard-bearer for years, and set up his website, and uh, maintained that he was uh, innocent, and that this was all trumped up by the authorities, um, so yes, uh, at least uh, one of his sisters, and possibly two. Um, Thought that he thought uh, that he was innocent.
0: And he uh, he worked, did he work on military bases, or did he live, when when he got busted, was he living in Long Beach?
1: Yeah, he was living in Long Beach. He okay. had a, he, he and his uh, uh, boyfriend, uh, Jeff Seelig was his name, uh, a chocolatier, uh, I guess that's a, a career path. At any rate, he, uh, uh, Jeff Selig and Randy went in together and, uh, purchased, um, uh, uh, an old craftsman home, uh, on one of the side streets in Long Beach and, uh, spent the last, I don't know, two or three years, I guess, before uh, Randy was arrested, um, uh, upgrading their home. And, uh, Randy was, uh, into gardening, and they had a they had a, uh, um, they had a, a fluffy sheep dog as a pet, and they just appeared to be as domestic as uh, wow. as you can imagine.
0: That's incredible. Do you know if Randy Woodcraft was like a guy who went to gay bars? Like, did he frequent gay bars to get victims, or was it all driving? Because I thought there was one. Like, his first victim was a bartender at a gay bar, right?
1: Yeah, uh, Randy did, uh, he he did uh, cruise gay bars. Um, but, you know, you were asking a, a bit earlier uh, whether he, there was uh, any method in his uh, game playing with cops. I think that, uh, I, I think that's, this is the case in point. Early on, he did go to gay bars, and he did pick up, uh, as, as some of his early victims at gay bars. But then, you know, at some point, he had an epiphany and uh, realized that, uh, you know, even the densest cop is going to say, hmm, gay victim, gay bar, um, maybe we should look for a gay killer at these gay bars. Oh, no, no, no. And, um... And, you know, he began to branch out, uh, in part because he liked military victims, as I uh, said earlier, but also because I, I think at some level, uh, maybe it was just instinctive or maybe it was thought out, but at some level, Randy recognized that uh, um, you better
0: pick your victims
1: um in such a way that uh, no one's going to connect you to them.
0: Right, right. I mean, it's just amazing that he could have killed over 100 people. And he also was multi-state. There were supposedly, like, some deaths all around, what, Michigan and Oregon. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Well, you know, and there, you know, there's even some speculation that uh, uh, he may have had victims uh, in as far away as Key West. And, oh, wow. Um, Washington State, uh, and possibly even uh, in Europe uh, at one point. Because, you see, what Randy did, Randy, Randy was an early uh, computer whiz. Um, had he not been caught and had he, you know, uh, chosen a, a different hobby, um, he might well be, uh, you know, a... A millionaire in Silicon Valley today because uh, that was where he was headed in terms of uh, his expertise and uh, and he was a consultant and very much in demand. So uh, computer companies and um, and others who had need of uh, his services uh, flew him all over the place and uh, he. He wound up doing two-for-one at uh, a Grand Rapids um, hotel during a uh, computer convention in Michigan, left them, left their dead bodies in the snow and uh, and flew back home, and leaving no trace.
0: Wow. That's terrifying. I uh,
1: mean, several times in Oregon, He's, uh, he, had, he did a lot of consulting work up in Portland, and um, uh, for recreation, he'd rent a car on the weekend, go out, pick somebody up, uh, rape them, kill them, toss their right body on the side of the road, get, uh, run a car and, uh fly back home.
0: And he had a, he had a college degree. I mean, he was intelligent. Did they ever give him an IQ test?
1: I don't know. Mm, just I, out of curiosity. I don't, I mean, perhaps, um. Yeah, I mean he he graduated uh he had had a bachelor's uh I believe it it was in economics at any rate he, he took his bachelor's degree from um uh one of the Claremont colleges which is you know it's no small potatoes right. Claremont's a difficult uh, college to get into uh he was bright he was uh inquisitive he was uh you know, he had uh, in many respects he had everything going for him except for the fact that he was gay uh, and after he was bounced out of the military, um, uh, you know, he had to find his find a a way um, find a career right. and he stumbled into computers.
0: And you have a, a unfortunate uh, connection with him because he didn't like something you said about him, correct? Or wrote about him. <laughs> oh yeah, <right>. yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. that.
1: Yes. Well, Randy, you know, I mean, I, I, I covered the I covered the the case. I covered his arrest. I covered his uh, uh, arraignment. Uh, his Free trial. All of the hearings that led up to his trial, and then I covered covered his trial to boot, um, which was the only time that I had any any face to face time with him. You know, I couldn't uh, couldn't talk to him, but I sat right in front of him, and he knew who I was. Um, but um, but you know, I. I started writing letters to him, and he responded um, uh, shortly after he had been uh, convicted. And um, we corresponded for a few months. And, you know, he was playing cagey games. He wasn't going to talk, and uh, he was innocent, and I was prejudicial... uh, as were uh, everybody else in, in uh, the press, and uh, and you yeah. know uh, it, it was, and he played, you know, he played the, these games. He continued to do so with other people later on, but that was my my first um, dealings with him. So ultimately, uh, I landed the book contract. I wrote the book. Um, and it was published, and uh, was doing relatively well. When one day somebody knocked on my front door, and handed me a uh, um, a paper, and said, "You've been served." And I looked at it, and uh, lo and behold, Randy Kraft uh, was suing me for a libel um, from Death Row. Um, He uh, maintained in his uh, lawsuit that I had besmirched his good name, and not if, but when he got out of uh, of jail, that he would no longer be able to work because of all of the damage that I had done to him. And thus, he was asking me to uh, ask the uh, court to award him $60 million. Right. After
0: after he was convicted for killing what eighteen people or something or twenty people, that's what he thinks.
1: Yeah, yep, yes. So anyway, um, I had to hire a lawyer and uh, go to court and uh, and you know we presented our side of it to the judge and I I timed it I. I had a wrist watch back then, and I, I I watch. I looked at the watch, and it took the judge uh, Judge Torres, I think was his name, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway,
0: it took him exactly
1: 42 seconds to throw it out of court.
0: Wow, well oh, that's good, that's quick.
1: The first, first and last time I have ever been sued. Uh, in my entire career, uh, and yeah, you know,
0: that's uh, good to know that's been, it's been twenty years since then, twenty five years, right? Yeah, yeah. and there's moving on to other subjects, that was the Angel of Darkness, but you've written like what some other true crime books, but also fascinating book, Dylan. there was one about Lou Wasserman, who's the father of Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who's in the news all the time. How did you get involved or interested in Lou Wasserman? No, no. Debbie Wasserman Schultz is not uh, Lou's daughter. <gasps> okay, I apologize. I was misinformed. I oh, thought that was the case.
1: That that, that, that would be a, a uh, um, uh, an easy mistake to make. Okay, but, I apologize. Uh, no, his daughter's name was Lynn Wasserman. And, okay. Um, and still is, to my knowledge. Anyway, she's... Uh, up in years now, and she she is the mother. However, of um, of Casey Wasserman, and Casey Wasserman uh, is, I believe, he is currently the uh, the head of or the CEO of uh, the Los Angeles Olympic Organizing Committee. Oh, fascinating! Uh, he's the the kingpin who's going to be bringing the uh, Olympics to um, Los Angeles. I think it's already
0: here. 2028, I think, is the Olympics, right?
1: Yeah. That's my, it. my memory is so correct. He, he's, the, he, he's the chief executive of that uh, little project. How did anyway, you, Lou Wasserman. Yeah. Sorry. sorry, go ahead. No, please
0: continue. I was just going to ask you to tell me about Lou Wasserman.
1: Well, uh, Lou Wasserman was uh, a talent agent who headed up a, a a company called uh, MCA, which stood for Music Corporation of America, Uh, and they bought Universal Studios in the 1960s, and Wasserman subsequently became the most powerful man in Hollywood for uh, close to half a century. Um, uh, It's interesting that you should single that out, because I just Made a deal with Stars Television. They're going to turn it into a a series, uh, probably within within the next year. Congrats! Got finished writing writing the pilot.
0: Awesome.
1: Um, Yeah. So uh, Wasserman was um, uh, an interesting character because uh, not only was he a talent uh, agent uh, who, who, you know, made and broke stars at will, he was also uh, tied in uh, to both the Chicago and the Cleveland uh, mob, um, and was sort of the nexus of um, of the mafia and um, and the entertainment business uh, in the second half of the 20th century. Uh, so it's a fascinating story, uh, a story of um, you know, a, a, a kid from the slums of Cleveland, um, marrying the right girl, rising to the top, and then um, and near the end of his life, uh, crashing and losing everything. So, oh, interesting. Uh, a classic American story.
0: I have to read that. I would love to read that. I actually remember when that got published. I was like, oh, this looks like an interesting book, but I didn't know you as an author at that time. You also have written about Bob Dylan, Jack uh, Nicholson. Um, What was your most recent public book? Bush I thought it was the Dylan book. Is that correct?
1: Uh, Well, I wrote a couple of novels. um, More for myself than uh, than anything else. Uh, And I'm I'm wrapping up a book right now for uh, Skyhorse uh, Publications um, uh, about the um, the world's um, um, biggest LSD manufacturer. Okay. Um,
0: was that the, the uh, Eternal Sun- group of Eternal Sunshine or whatever was down in Orange County?
1: Well, this guy has... Uh, the, the fellow I'm writing about, whose name is Leonard Picard, oh, uh, was a chemist for the Brotherhood of okay. Brothers, and uh, he was he and his uh, partner were busted in an abandoned uh, uh, Atlas missile silo in, uh, in the middle of Kansas um, by the DEA. Um, was tried. And sentenced to two life sentences uh, for manufacturing LSD.
0: What year was this? Yeah. Uh,
1: it was on election eve of the year 2000. So. So it's fairly recent. Yeah.
0: Or is he still in jail? And,
1: uh, oh yeah, he's still. He's. I mean, you know, two life sentences. Two life sentences. Right. So yes, he's still. Uh, he's. 74 years old, and uh, I visit him from time to time in uh, the uh, federal prison in Tucson, Arizona.
0: Gotcha. And do you have a working title for that book that you're allowed to share?
1: Operation White Rabbit.
0: Operation White Rabbit. How did you get that name?
1: Well, that's what the DEA called uh, their sting operation when they took him down, Operation White Rabbit
0: and when does that expect to, when do you expect to have that published
1: uh, I think it's on the um, the the list for early next year so it would probably be in uh, uh, January or February of
0: 2020 oh great I look forward to that. Operation White Rabbit. And uh, the book we talked about is titled Angel of Darkness, The True Story of Randy Kraft and the Most Heinous Murder Spree of the Century. Is there anything else you'd like to share, anything we didn't cover, anything you'd like to add on?
1: Oh, well, I I, I mean, I could go on forever if you wanted. Well, we
0: could do another show. I would love to sit down and just pick your brain over Lou Wasserman. I would like to read the book first, though, but... uh, Be my guest. I'm
1: more than welcome, more than happy to do so. I mean,
0: you know, if if you're
1: if you're interested, uh, Bill, I, you know, I I would urge you to uh, to Google uh, Picard's name. William Leonard Picard is his name, and uh, and I guarantee you, you will be fascinated. This guy's left phrase
0: is incredible i'll take a look at that again one last time dennis mcdougall title of the book is angel of darkness thank you very much
1: you're quite welcome
0: it's been a pleasure likewise okay i just stopped